Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Final Whistle here on the Bama Standard, presented by Workspace Solutions. You know how we do it. I got my all-star panel. Listen, we lost, but unlike Bama Snaps yesterday, we're going to try to lift up your spirits today and just vent it out today. So let me shout out my all-star crew, Chris James. AKA Dan's big brother. Happy New Year. How are you doing, sir? Man, my shirt, my shirt just pretty much tells tells it all. I heard that. Don't finish anything. Look, no G. I didn't even, even finish that. I see that. I heard that. Speaking of no G, our resident G, Lushan. Our OG, Lushan, how are you doing today, sir? I've had a better days, you know, just getting through it. You know, it's a uh, this one hurt. Had to take it on the chin, and uh, we go from here. I, I pause. <laughs> pause, 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 pause. Apologies. Big pause. Long pause. Pause. Speaking of chin, reach around the table. Mr. Constant Content, 24-7 Sports. I mean, he does it all. Mr. Ty Hayes, how are you doing today on this new year? Can't claim 24-7 Sports. Hopefully we get there one day, but I can't <laughs> complain, man. Listen, it was a tough loss last night. We're going to get into the details. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty, but excited to be here, guys. Yes, and our lead recruiting analyst, the man, the myth, the legend, the superstar of the show, everybody. Final what's the day. How are you doing today, sir? Man, brother, I'm always good, man. I'm still licking wounds. But hey, I'm here. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. And ladies and gentlemen, another co-host, Week Zero Sports, sponsor, Workspace Solution. Give it up for Mr. Patty. How are you doing today, sir? And we're here. Uh, crow don't taste all that good. And I guess we're going to be here to eat a little bit of it tonight. Because we gotta see, eat it. Got Hey, man, when when you when you when you, when you squawk it, you got to eat it when it comes at you. And I'm look, man, we're big here. We're big enough to eat it. So ready to eat a little bit of crow. But hey, we're still the Alabama Crimson Tide. So it's always it's always be good good to be in crimson, knowing we're going to turn the page and step right back up to the plate. So you know, it is what it is. But I am Daniel Petty. Uh, I'm with the sponsor. Well, Workspace Solution. Check us out at WorkspacePros.com. We help your business grow. We can help. We help with your online digital president, president, presidents, presence. Anything from web design to SEO, content writing, any anything you need to help your business grow. Marketing. That's what we're here for. Check us out at WorkspacePros.com. We love working with these guys, the Bama Standard, and hopefully we can bring the standard back up tonight because it was definitely down last night. <laughs> Speaking of down last night, let's get into our topics. Mr. Ty Hayes, and I'm going to let, you know, our resident QB, who is our point guard on the panel, I'm going to let you just cook, as Chris was doing early in the kitchen. So I'm going to let the chef cook, Ty. Handle your business. Where do we begin, guys? I think when we look at this game yesterday, there's so many different layers we could go into. But the overarching thing for me, gentlemen, was that it didn't look like Alabama was fully prepared. Now, defensively, I have very little complaints about the defense. I understand when it mattered the most, they didn't get the stop. However, I would contend that when your offense is unable to move the ball or put drives together 
you're asking a lot of your defense, especially against a top four team in the nation. They can only get so many stops. Offense has to hold up their end of the bargain. And for far too long in that game, it was the defense doing the work. Because of that, guys, I, I have to ask the question, and it's linked below. Chat, got to hear from y'all off the rip, so let us know. Was Bama too cocky in this game? And it's hard for me to overtly say yes or no. It just seems like they didn't adjust well offensively, like we've seen Bama adjust this season. But, guys, I want to open this up to the panel. Daniel, I'm going to start with you. Was Bama too cocky last night? Man, I don't know. I I feel like our fan base definitely was, and and rightfully so. What what have we seen from Michigan to make us think that we weren't going to go into that game and take care of business after the way they had handled themselves in previous playoffs, losing to TCU the year before, losing to Georgia? So maybe there was a little bit of confidence, the overconfidence by the team. I don't know, man. But you mentioned it. They came out and kind of brought the fight to us. I hate to make a Rocky reference, but, it, you know, in the in the SEC championship against Georgia, it kind of looked like we had the eye of the tiger, and we punched them in the mouth, and they didn't know how to handle it. Well, turn that around, and I kind of expected that to, to roll over. But, man, after at halftime, it, it felt like Michigan was playing with all the fire and punching us in the mouth, and, and we came back out in the second half, and defense settled down, shut them down, whatnot. But, no, nah, I mean – Hard to say we didn't get go in overconfident with the way they came, the fire they came out with, and we kind of just came out thinking we were going to take care of it. And it, you know, next next thing you know, we're in a dogfight. Yeah, dogfight indeed, and one that for much of it we looked unprepared and outmatched. Lushan, gotta hear from you, man. What are you thinking? <clears throat> I don't know if we were too cocky, but we were definitely too something or not enough of something. I think it was a lack of effort lack of intensity a, a huge part of it you know i just didn't see the same fire like uh daniel was just talking to like our players didn't seem like they were even awake to play football yesterday it's like everybody i saw a lot of people going through the motions it's uh it was highly disappointing and hard to watch but being too cocky it, it was something if it was the cockiness they weren't prepared, whether the cockiness led them to be uh, not as intense as they were for previous football games. It, it, it was something. I'm not sure if it was cockiness, but it was something, man. Speaking of something, Dan, you were speaking earlier about the, the fire of the team. Take it from there. Was Bama too cocky? Definitely. Uh, I know I was, <laughs> you know, but I, I wasn't playing, you know, I, I made the comment early, you know, all we had to do was get off the bus. Man, that that didn't age well. You know, I, I you know, uh we get, we just got to give Michigan credit. You know, we 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 uh didn't do anything to help, but you know, they they took it to us, you know. They 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 kept chopping wood, they kept chopping wood. They they beat us with body blows, man. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't explosive plays or anything. They really physically whipped us on both lines of scrimmage you know so you know you got hats off to them you know they came they they had the chip on their shoulder we didn't have the chip on our shoulder you know they played for pride they played with pride they played with intensity you know we we we, we made too many mental errors you know a lot of pre-snap stuff we we didn't make adjustments you know it, it was it was conservative game plan very conservative game plan you know, we, we didn't attack when we needed to attack, you know, but, hey, credit to Michigan. You know, I hate saying that, but, hey, we got to give credit where credit's due. 
No doubt, no doubt. Credit to Michigan. And Dan, one thing you said that we didn't see a lot of pre-snap, but that wasn't my biggest concern. The the darn snap was my biggest concern every <laughs> single play because whether we they couldn't even get the snap right. Matt, I, I got to pass it to you, man. Um, Bama too cocky or what was it? Um, I think Alabama was too cocky. I think they were feeling themselves after the Georgia game. Um, you know, everybody patting them on the back. And I think that was – it started from just the team as a whole, coaches and everything. And I say – Lucian mentioned it earlier. I think we were too cocky to the point where I think we just thought we could just show up since we beat Georgia and think that we were going to beat Michigan without really putting in the work like we did versus Georgia and having that mindset. <clears throat> we obviously looked like we weren't prepared. We didn't have the right – nor the type of creative game planning like we've had throughout the season for Michigan. Um, we look out of sync. We look like we didn't do anything the past couple of weeks. So I think there was some cogniteness. I think we were feeling ourselves. And I think we went out there and treated it like a bowl game while Michigan went out there and treated it like it was a semifinal game. Um, um, just some things I saw and noticed and kind of things that are coming up. LaShawn showed me – lit told me about some things earlier. So it looked like we were, we were there kind of enjoying, celebrating ourselves a little bit more, you know, listening to the rap poison as Coach Saban said. But And I think we kind of started feeling ourselves and started treating it like a bowl game more so than a semifinal bowl. And so from that standpoint, you look how bad we executed, look how unprepared we had looked, we looked how out of sync we were. Yeah, I think we were too cocky from that standpoint. And last but certainly not least, the man who was formerly in the kitchen. Don't know why you left the kitchen. I'm going to pass it the to you, Chris. The chicken is done, man. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I would say it was more so underestimating Michigan. I mean, like, we didn't give them their due credit on the lines of scrimmage, man. Like, those boys were – Defensively, like on the interior, man, they like we just got whipped. I mean, it's nothing more, nothing less. I think that we weren't expecting them to be. This kind of reminds me of the 2014 Ohio State that that season. The same way we lost, we kind of um, looked at film. Was like, no, these boys, it shouldn't be no way they 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 should hang on the field with us. And then we got hit in the mouth. The same exact thing happened. The same exact thing. So I think we were a little. Um, overconfident and i think from what i heard a lot of distractions the week of while they were out there it was a lot of um distractions a lot going on just put it like that a lot going on with the um with the team and the focus wasn't where it needed to be um from everybody so but um we just we just got out man man we got we got out gun we got dominated uh up until halftime but we waited too late um to try to um, make adjustments. You know, we waited too late. Um, we dominated the third quarter. I think they only had 20-something yards in the third quarter. And once again, um, we're up by seven, and all we need is one stop defensively. That's the second time it happened the Clemson game in 2016. All we needed was defense was to make one stop, and we couldn't get it. It is like the other team just wanted it more. So, I mean, it is what it is. Matt? Can I – and – and I think what hurt us this game, I know Coach Saban loves to run man, 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 but sometimes you got to just play zone. Like, 
I feel like whenever we play zone on third down, we got them to punt. Like, we got good stops. Like, I feel like that put – them put our linebackers so I, in, in bad, you know, situations. So, you know, I'm quite sure they'll look at the film and be like, man, there's little things here and there. We easily could have won this game. But I think if we just – to Chris's point, if we would have ran a little bit more zone versus these guys, I think we easily hold them to, you know – maybe three points instead of a touchdown. So it's my two cents. Yeah, I go back to no doubt that the, the defense didn't get the stop, but up by a touchdown, Alabama's driving, and once again, offense shoots itself in the foot. We have the fumble. You open up a half where you're getting some momentum, and you have three snaps in the dirt. I mean, it was just – when it rains, it pours, right? And I think that's what we saw. Now, before we move into the next topic, I did want to get a quick word from everybody on the panel. Anything that you saw coming out of this game that you are excited for, especially as we look all too early into next season? For me, guys, Caleb Downs is a special, sensational football player, and he is going to be a problem. Chris? Yes, go ahead. No, finish your point, and I'm, no. I'm behind you. I'm after you. You're you're up. Oh, Caleb Downs, definitely. Justice Haynes, man, he didn't get enough touches. That 100%. kid looks like a natural, man. He's going to be the next great thing. Like I, It would surprise me if he's in the Heisman, Heisman finalist at some point in his career. Yeah, but Bo's been Heisman calling for him all year he, to he's get more good. touches Haynes, and every time he touches it, he's got a little pop, man. That's for sure. That, that kid's good. He, he, he and Jam Miller. Um, also, um, if Terry Arnold comes back, like what I'm hearing, man, like that's, but the best lineman yesterday was Jaden Roberts. Yeah. He, he, funny. he may be, he may be the best interior lineman in college football next year. He is incredibly talented. No doubt about that. Lou Sean, anything you saw that a little positive before we move into our next topic? Um, I would say, I, I mean, the one positive that I saw was that it did hurt a lot of these players, that it didn't go unnoticed, that the loss was felt, and sometimes you got to lose to learn a lesson. So let's see how the lesson's learned. Daniel, thoughts? I'm, I'm positive. I'm, I'm positive we'll see a new center next year boy that's i'm pretty positive about that i mean the defense the defense did what they were supposed to you know outside of the final drive of the second dang half they come out and did exactly what you needed them to do which was was shut michigan down and like i said arnold um downs coming back i think arnold is going to come back getting the transfer from um usc is going to help bluster the secondary even a little more you're getting lawson coming back maybe a little bit healthier campbell it's just I think uh, got to be excited about the defense being as good or maybe even a little better next year. So there's a, there's something to definitely be excited about. Absolutely. Dan, I'm going to pass it to you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the the people Chris named, uh, but also, you know, Terry Young, Kool-Aid, they played outstanding game, you know, along with uh, Downs in the secondary. Uh, but I want to give a little love to uh, – Tim Keenan, he he played a phenomenal game. You know, it just went unnoticed. You know, um, I like to see us get, you know, address the interior pass rush. You know, 
we we got to be able to, you know, Keenan was getting back there several times, time after time. He's just not able to run down the quarterback, you know. So, you know, I, I like to see an interior pass rusher, you know. But, uh, no, I, I, I like Lucian said, you know, I, I, I like that, you know, some of the guys were hurt by it. So, you know, you hate to say it, you know, but, you, you know, this is a time to, you know, not waste a loss. You know, listen, these uh, two losses this year, you know, it, the 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 theme was in both of these losses, the other team was the aggressor. You know, in in the SEC championship game, we went in with a chip on our shoulder because we're trying to slay the giant. You know, mm-hmm. but we got to we got to realize in in other teams' eyes, we are the giant. So we we got to learn to play with a chip on our shoulders every time we set foot on the field. You know, and uh-huh. I, I, and we tend to lose that a lot. You know. Unfortunately so, and that's why it's going to be interesting when we slide into the last topic tonight, what's next. But before we look too far ahead, we can't go without hearing from Matt. Matt, take us home on this. Um, Shoot. I mean, I know Chris mentioned that 2014 Ohio State game, and after that we went on a run, <laughs> winning like four titles. Hopefully, you know, that plays in effect. Um. Hopefully, I think it's the growing pains. Sometimes you got to have those growing pains. I think this is it's probably a good um, – hopefully, my prayer is that it's a good lesson for Tommy Reese. Like, I think, you know, maybe he can, you know, get a little bit more creative, bend in those tough moments, you know. Hopefully, that's some good. But I think special teams was is, is a positive. Will Riker, I know he's probably going to the lead. But James Burnham, man, that got made – a lot of money. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if some teams might be trying to call him. I mean, some of those boots were on point. Um, and I think that was the difference in the game. But I think, like you all mentioned, you know, having, um, you know, players hurt. But, you know, it's been three years since Alabama has not won a national championship. So, I mean, I know we're going to hear Saban say, you know, never – waste of failure but you know we got to start just getting back to that Bama standard I know we're on the Bama standard but listen we got to get back to just we don't need any motivation we just got to put in the work the, the, have the work ethic put in uh, the dedication to have that hunger that you know we need to have that standard and be the best so hopefully that kind of internalize you know a little things guys grow up I know we had a lot of we got a young team so like y'all said, I hopefully that benefits us in the long run. Hundred percent. Well, this gets us into the next thing, and, and we talk about if Bama was too cocky, and I think a lot of that, you know, a lot of the conversation there falls on did the players overlook it, did the coaches overlook it? But now let's focus on the coaching. Was Alabama outcoached, and more specifically, did Harbaugh outcoach Saban? I'm going to quickly start this off. Won't take me but 15 seconds, guys. It's hard for me to overtly say yes. I think Michigan's coaching was fantastic in that game. There's no taking anything away from them. But Alabama's execution was so poor in that game that it's hard for me to just say Saban was outright outcoached. The execution was terrible. You look at that last play, and if that snap isn't terrible, 
Jalen Milrow might be able to score because he's going to be able to follow his guard and go where the play originated to. So all credit to Harbaugh and staff. I thought they coached phenomenally. I thought they were sensational coaching. But at the same time, I think that the execution or lack thereof for Alabama is a big reason why we're having this conversation. But for the sake of it, it's hard for me to say no, that they didn't get out coached, and that pains me to say. Daniel, what about you? Look, as quirky as, as Harbaugh is and easy as he is to make fun of, he do, he's done something that a lot of coaches don't have the ability to do. We've only seen a handful of them do it in our lifetime, and that's coach at the, the collegiate level and the professional level and be able to relate. So obviously he knows what he's doing. He's a, he's a hell of a coach, man. Harbaugh's one of the best coaches in college football, weird or not. And I'm not one of those people that Saban's immune to – that he's perfection and can't immune to criticism and hadn't been outcoached. But, no, I don't think this is one of the games he was outcoached. At some point, man, as a coach, you put your players in positions and back to what you said, Ty, and it's going to kind of be the theme of the show because it is what it is. That's what the the, the theme of the game was. Players didn't make plays. Execution didn't happen. And I know we're going to get into Tommy Reese later, and i got a big hot take on on Tommy Reese and the, 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 the haters on him. But like you said, that that snap on fourth down isn't low. Not just does he run. I'm I'm pretty sold that that was a run pass option. You had the running back coming out of the backfield. Both your receivers were running slant routes. The linebacker was not over in time. He was several steps behind. If that's a good snap, he's able to just toss that ball out to the running back who walks in for a touchdown. So, no, I, I don't think it was an out coaching this game. And I'm not saying Saban can't get out coaching. I ain't saying Harbaugh, Harbaugh ain't a great coach. I, it, sometimes though players have got to make plays, and I believe that was that's what that's what cost them in the end last last night. Yeah, all credit to Michigan there, Lou Sean. What you thinking? Uh, no, I think it was more of a letdown on the Alabama side than us getting outmaneuvered. I mean, though, if if you don't have effort and you're not playing uh, with intensity, and most importantly, you don't have discipline in what you're doing, you're not going to be successful no matter who your coach is. So I think it's a there was a lot of factors that played into the, the fact that Michigan beat us, and I don't think it was solely the fact that Harbaugh outcoached Saban. I don't. I'm going to agree with the rest of you guys. I don't think that was the case at all. Dan, throwing it down to you. Yes. Uh, with without a doubt, I don't think that that uh, Coach Harbaugh outcoached Coach Saban. What one thing I could say, and I I hate to say it, I can say it with confidence. I think he did a better job of preparing the team. You know, like the intensity thing that that comes on the coach. You know, I, I I'm not being trying to be critical of Coach Saban. You know, he's the greatest to ever do it. But in this particular game, I think he was out prepared. You know, so. uh Execution, everything, you know, they, they out-executed us. You know, they came with more intensity. They were the aggressor. You know, play calling, I think, still was atrocious, you know, but uh, that wasn't on Coach Saban, you know. So uh, I, I have to say, no, he he, he was definitely not out-coached because, you know, we, we had a chance to win the game, you know, but we, we, we just – we didn't execute. It was execution, you know, and a lack of discipline. True. Matt, throwing it to you. I think you're on mute. You're muted, Matt. Sorry. Saban muted me because of what I'm about to say. <laughs> uh, 
I said I'm I'm gonna disagree. I think he was. I think I think we were out coached. I think we were out schemed. Um, I think we um, like I said. I think we it was things we could have done. I, I don't think we were prepared. I think that goes into being out coached. Um, and I think Carball had his guys ready. Like we got all the talent, but his guys play above and beyond their talent level, and we did not. So I'm. I think I think I mean at the end of the day it's wins and losses and in history people are gonna say oh well Harbaugh beat Saban so I think in that from that standpoint I'm gonna say Harbaugh did I, the guys were better prepared you know their court they out schemed us you know granted we had all the mistakes and played a crappy game but I mean mentor the defensive coordinator was in his bag. Um, Sherman Moore was in his bag with what he was doing, shifts and uh, all those things. So, you know, I just – I, I got to give Harbaugh and his staff some credit. You know, I just think they were, like Dan said, they were better prepared and preparation goes into it. So, I think Harbaugh, you know, did what he needed to do to be saving, and, and I, that's my take on it. So, I know it's not a, a, a the what people want to hear, but I'm just being real. Throwing it to Chris. I'm gonna just say one thing. Connor Stagg was in the stands. <laughs> Listen, Connor Stagg's, I mean, they it seemed like they we were always one step behind in this game. Um and I, I just don't I don't I don't know. So I shoot Harbaugh had his guys locked in, ready. They were prepared for us, they were prepared for everything. So I mean, say it was a big wet week for Harbaugh's with his brother beating the Dolphins 56-19, and then him winning, you know, beating us in the Rose Bowl. So, listen, I, I think Saban is back on his warpath right now. So, it is what it is. Yeah, he's on the warpath because the wide receivers coach on the move. He's on the move. So, yep. Oh. And he won't be the last one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I mean, I don't have no shame. Yes, we were out coached. We were out coached, out schemed, out played, out hustled. Uh, everything we didn't wake up to halftime, guys. That's mm-hmm. when we decided we wanted to play some football, you know. Um, starting in third quarter because it, it, it's just it's one of those little funny things. Like it always happens to Bama. Like the first play when Caleb Downs stepped out of bounds barely and got back in. If he'd have if he wouldn't stepped out of bounds, we'd have got the ball on the thirty. Right then, it would have been a completely different game because we would have scored and it would have been one of those. Uh oh. You know, tight moments for Michigan, but I mean, they took out punch, man. They came back and well, I knew when they came back and answered with a touchdown after we scored. I was like, oh man, these boys, you know, they, they came to play, and it just seems like they they were always one step ahead of us. Like fourth down play, like how in the world don't you account for the running back for Blake Corn? You know he's gonna get it. Fourth and two, we get a stop, we win a ball game. He's out in the flat, wide open. Then you come back again and across and on another route. Um, what, what was the receiver name? Roman Wilson. <gasps> yeah. Like they killed. They made it look so easy when they had to have it. They took it. When yeah. we had to have it, we choked. I mean, it, it, nothing more, nothing less. So we were out, coach. We were out everything. And I, I mean, I'm gonna keep it real. Like we we didn't show up. This wasn't the same Bama team that was in Atlanta. No, it, it was it was it was the opposite. That Bama looked timid. When the game was on the line, I text y'all, Bama looked timid, man. 
And that's not what I'm not what we're used to seeing. It was shocking because we usually step up in those moments. And in big games, there's no no program in the history that, that steps up more in those moments. Right. And that's why they have that's why Bama has that history. But be honest, man, I watched I watched the Bama team wilt in those moments in overtime. First play of overtime. I saw Milrow's eyes get big, and instead of even waiting for the play to develop, first play throws it out to the line of scrimmage almost out of bounds to a guy. And it, it was just – it was dis- – I know we got down there, but it was discombobulated the whole overtime. And, man, it just – like I said, it – a lot of wilting in those eyes. It was different. Ty, what's your thoughts? Well, like I said, I think it's it's hard for me to outright say no, he didn't get out coached. But at the same time, I look at execution. When you have nine snaps that are coming below the knee, at that point, you can have them prepared. And, and Seth has had this issue all year long, no doubt about it. But guys, have we seen it this bad? Like where Bama had momentum and three snaps in a row completely derailed the drive. And then, you know, we talk about execution, Alabama up a touchdown, driving down the field on Michigan, all the momentum in their favor, getting what they want on that drive and then a fumble. And so it's hard for me once again, guys, to disagree with with Chris and Matt that we weren't out coached, but at the same time, the lack of execution was what really stood out to me here. And we we got away from the run game. And so that's that's what I thought. Hey, Ty, and I, I hate to put something on one player. I don't like to pile up on a guy. But those snaps came at the worst times, man. Like when we were driving the first drive after the, um after halftime, we scored right there. You know, we got the momentum. He single-handedly killed us on that drive by snaps. It's like, and I think, didn't he have two, like, kind of sideways snaps in overtime? Or, yeah. or it, I mean, it's, it's it was simple, man. It was it was like those snaps came in the most inopportune time, and it almost cost us the Auburn game too. Yep, that last drive. Yeah. So looking, like I said, uh, and, and when I say that, Michigan's coaching staff was was really solid in this game. They came really prepared. They had an answer, and uh, they stuck with the plan. Right? Like they knew what they wanted to do. Alabama's defense was preventing it, and so they found other ways to still stick within the parameters of their plan and get the job done. And at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? And that's that's as simple as it is. Speaking of coaching, though, let's talk about the combination of Reese and Milrow moving forward. Because like I said, the thing I was so blown away with was going away from the running game. Specifically, you look at a Justice Haynes, who it looked like every time he touched the ball was finding success, then all of a sudden it just dissipates. It goes away. We're going to reverse the order this time. Chris, let me hear from you, man. What are you thinking about Reese and Milrow moving forward? What do we need to see? Milrow needs to learn how to – I'm not saying he doesn't, but he hasn't shown much of it reading defense pre-snap. Like when you see a guy – coming up on the line of scrimmage, you got to account for them. You know, you got to talk to you, to your guys, you know, point them out, point out those guys, I, I, or change up the protection. I'm not sure if he's to the point where he can change up the protection or, or, or not if they will allow him to. But I just want to see progression in just simple throws, man, check downs, like guys running open. 
then he's looking one way and guys are completely open on the other side of the field. He's not reading the scanning the field. So I want to see, I, I, I just want to see progress, man. I want to see progress and I want to see, um, <laughs> that stud saying because <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I'm telling y'all Jalen, his room for error is, is Satan has shown before. You don't care who you are. You can be a championship quarterback. He's shown before that he, if the man behind you is better, you saw what happened in 2018 with Jalen Tour. So I, I'm saying, man, like his, his, I just want to see growth, man, because if not, that room for error has is, is shrunk like tremendously by saying being on campus and by Lunigan getting another year in, 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 in the system. And if um, Ty Simpson doesn't transfer, which I'm pretty sure 100% he will, but if he doesn't, that 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 heats the water up even more, because we're not. I guarantee Saban's not going to see going to go through that again. He's not going to go through that again. Like that that was that was kind of embarrassing. Um, you know, just what what um what we had to deal with. I mean, as far as things, but but Jalen, he's he's good, man. He's a great kid. I love him to death. I think he can do it. I really do. It just depends on how patient we are with him. So it has to be a lot of work and coaching being done in the um, in the off season, man. It has to be a lot of coaching, and I, I think I think he'll get it done. I, I, I believe in him. Well, Matt, before I pass it to you, and speaking of the transfer portal, speaking of some numbers here, and Bama fans, what you can expect over the coming days? Got to hit eighty-five, and right now Alabama is projected in the mid nineties. Um, Chaz Preston enters the portal today expect more names the portal giveth the portal taketh we've had this conversation so many times matt once again before we get to you john davis with the 499 bit saying if bama scores in overtime do you think they go for two man i, I wish they would have i wish that. we would have jose won't do that i wish they would have but yeah and especially with reese the game plan being all over the place Right. I just don't see it. But speaking of Reese, Matt, same to you, man. What do we need to see from Jalen Milrow and Tommy Reese? One word, creativity. I need him to go look at Tommy Reese. And I know you're, if you're a fan of Bama Standard, Fighter Wilson, giving you some words of advice. Go watch Grub, the OC at Washington, how he is creative in this offense. Obviously, you can look at Sark. Look at Shanahan with the 49ers. And look at Mike McDaniels. Look at all the different ways he likes to use um, players, schemes, creativity in certain situations. I think he needs – he's young, and I think he's got potential, but I think he just needs to get a little bit more creative looking at just this whole offseason, just studying some really creative minds and incorporate that into his system and get just more creative offense. Jalen Miro, I think Jalen Miro needs to get with a QB coach in the offseason. I think he needs to work on his um, throwing motion. I think he needs to work on, you know, getting the ball out quicker, being able to work in practice. He needs to be throwing balls, like, every day. Like, he's not – he's no Peyton Manning. He's no he, – he can't afford to just – chill in the offseason. He needs to be working on this crap. He's talking about Jalen Hurts, his favorite player. 
Well, the year before last, when Jalen, before Jalen got that big contract, he worked with a guy who worked with Tom Brady to work on his mechanics and get his working on his craft. So Jalen Miro, get with a good QB coach or something because you, like Chris said, we got Sayan and Lonergan. And from what I've heard, those two are really coming. And I'm going to let Lushan speak on Sayan a little bit later. But you have no room for error. So, I mean, if you're looking to make strides, man, work on your craft, man. Just continue to work. Care the play fake. You got to – and also, he got to get better at – if we're going to run this zone read option, man, like, he's got to get better at actually reading the zone read option. Like, mm -hmm. I saw so many times where he doesn't care the play fake when he um, hands the ball off. And I don't know if he reads, makes the right read because when you show the replay, I'm like, if you would have handed it off instead of kept it, like the running back's still running. So it's little things he can work on, you know, obviously accuracy, throwing motion, just working, becoming a student of the game. And those are my things Tommy Reese and Jalen Miro need to improve if we're trying to win another national championship and take a next step um, this year in this 12-team playoff. 100%. The playoff expansion is going to be interesting. Looking forward to the home games. But before we can ever even think about that, we have to hear Dan's thoughts. Dan, same question to you. Yes. Uh, as as far as uh, Jalen, you know, I, I want to see improvement. I want to see, uh, especially in pre-snap stuff, recognizing the defense, seeing the defense, you know, uh, Completing the intermediate throws, you know, take what the defense gives you. You know, they give you a running lane, take it. They give you a check down, take it. Positive plays, stay ahead of the chain. That's all McCarthy did. You know, he stayed ahead of the chain. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Coach Reese, he's 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 not he he's not able to, I guess, call a game plan that suits. Jalen that you know takes advantage of his skill set. So, you know, Jalen, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do, you got to be the best version of yourself. You know, quit trying to be be who you are. You know what I'm saying? Be who you are. Utilize your talents. You know, utilize your God-given talents. You know. Coach Reese, I need you to be able to be a little more creative. Quit being so dang conservative. You know that 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 game plan last night that was the most vanilla offense I ever seen in a playoff game. <laughs> that was terrible, terrible, unacceptable. You know, terrible. Uh, you know, look 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 across the field. You know, on third down, you know, Michigan utilized the they they, you know, the running back out the backfield. You know, it just little crossing routes. You know, things like that. You know. Just, just utilize what you have, you know, or, 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 or I don't know. I guess he he needs to go to a coach's clinic or something. I don't know, but yeah, that that last night that wasn't it. No screens, no nothing, nothing. And my thing with Tommy Reese, like, stick with what works. Like, just run the ball. Like, if that's the only thing you can do, like, I just. I don't know. It just get creative, different formations, pistol. I like it's just so many things we could do that I think we can control. That's I'm sorry, my bad. Tyler. Run, Jason, man. Jason, like Jason had that that long touchdown run, and we didn't go back to the well. 
How about hand the jet sweep off to Kendrick Law to actually get them to bite on the jet sweep? That's something Lane Kiffin would do religiously. He would get you to – if you send them in motion, he's going to let rugs and them touch it as many times as possible. I mean, I, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, Lance. And that would have slowed the ends down from risking – the ends were coming. You give that jet sweep off, they have no choice but respect it now. They're not coming. They they Every time they came, they came with their ears pinned back. Coming. We didn't do anything to 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 take the pressure off of him because as soon as he got a snap, whenever the ball was low, he got up. They were already in his lap. Yep. Man, play players can make you look like a genius though too. I know we're throwing a lot of heat on Reese, but I think that fourth and goal call at the very end of the game was a beautiful call. But the center makes a bad snap, and all of a sudden Reese, my he ain't according. And oh man, we're driving down the field. First down, first down, bad snap, runs a drive. Yeah. That's not Tommy Reese's fault. That's players making execution. Tommy Reese, man, we know this. You know this is Bama. Nick Saban has has a baseline of what you can call on offense and defense. And the offensive line's got the same signals from every coach all the way back to Lane Kiffin. So Reese is working within a system, but then kind of gets a little bit of leeway. Well, look, man, when your center's rolling balls, and, and look, I, I love Jalen. Jalen's a hell of a competitor. He's Man, a warrior. He's grown throughout the year, but I'll be real. There's limitations there. He's not a great intermediate passer. He's got he struggles in the decision making. He waits too long to throw the ball. He doesn't throw the ball away when he needs to a lot of times, and that calls sacks. That gets you in third long. That gets you behind the chains. And again, I love Jalen, but he's got to get quicker. But don't be scared to make a mistake. I think he threw interceptions in that Texas game, and it flipped him out, and so he went into conservative mode the rest of the year. Like I said, he looked timid all of overtime. I know that was a bad snap, and I know this is going to lose, but how many times when the snap is that daggum bad, you're 20 yards away from the defender. You can pick it up and still throw it away. Heck, we've seen players in this bowl season left and right pick up balls, run around like Doug Flutie, and throw it from some guy just standing in the middle. He's He panicked and would just fall on the ball and just kill the play. Look, man, try to make – I mean, you're an athlete. Make a play out of it. Do something to to salvage because this isn't new. This dude's been snapping like crap all year. So, I mean, we should we should be pros at it at this point. So, again, man, I, I look, I, I, we can bag Reese all we want, but if, if, the, if the, the center is making good snaps and the quarterback's making quicker reads, hitting those intermediate passes – this is a lot different ball game, so I, I'm not I'm not sold. It's all Reese just yet. I, I want to see some better. You know, there's some pieces that look, man. We talk about the Bama standard. We went from Hertz to Tua to Mac to Bryce. I mean, and two of those dudes were absolutely Bob Ross on a football field. I mean, they just painted magical football. So we we're used to guys that can hit every throw on the field. So I know we are spoiled. But again, we're spoiled because there's a standard built, and that standard wasn't really hit this year. And like you guys alluded to, there's a kid from California sitting on that sideline right now that's a baller, and Saban has proven he's going to go to the guy that can get it done to win, regardless of how much you like him or good guy or whatever. This ain't a this ain't a this ain't a friend league or a good guy league. This is win some national chance. This is Alabama, man. Hey, in the left side of the old line, got whipped. Mm. That's the worst I've ever seen Booker play in a Crimson uniform. Yeah, Dan, you wanted to uh, speak on something. Yes, on, on this comment by, from Adam Lamparello. For mm -hmm. anyone who cr criticizes Reese, I doubt you could do better given Miro's limitations. I'm going to tell you another quarterback that was limited. He's very similar to Miro, especially his, his uh, freshman year. That was Jalen Hurts, you know. 
Lane Kiffin put him in position to become the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. So you know you can it can be done. You know you had you know you had all season to to utilize his skill set. So yes, I can criticize Reese as far as that. You know he he's young as well. So you know I, I I'm pretty sure he can improve. You know just as much as Jalen. You know he's young. You know I I expect Reese. You know I expect him to improve. You know so we can be critical of him. You know it's a topic for discussion. But yes, you know he can't improve. But that right there last night, that was horrible. No way around it. That was terrible. When all chips are on the table, that's I, inexcusable. I agree, and I, I I've been saying this about Reese about creativity. And another thing, mix up the formation. If you know the snaps are low, why don't we try pistol? Why don't we move him up a couple yards? That way, those snaps hopefully don't be as low. Like just. Little things you can do eye formation. You can do pistol heavy. You could hand the jet sweep off. It's so many little things that just from a schematic, a system thing, you could do that can help the offense. So like Dan said, I got to agree. Jalen Hurts' his freshman year was nowhere near the throw that Jalen Miro, I believe, is where he right. is now. But Lane Kiffin, as a great offensive mind, genius knew how to put play to his strengths and then put formulate an effective game plan for any situation for Jalen Hurts. I mean, I remember Darius Stewart running plenty of jet sweeps. Like he just wasn't calling it just to be calling it. Like, I mean, I saw him in eye. I saw him in pistol. I saw him do everything. So hey, let's just call it what it is, man. Lane keeping the goat. <laughs> <laughs> He's the goat, man. It ain't too many lane keepers out there. It may be two. And Him and Sark. And DeBoer at uh, Washington. Those those two about the only ones that are in lane keepers league as far as play calling. Todd Thank Munkin. God. And Todd Munkin. Yeah, Munkin, he can't be reinvented himself. Yeah, well, Lushan, thoughts? Um, What do I want to see from uh, Tommy Reese? I want to see him uh, simplify – the offense i i want it to be a little bit more dynamic next year i don't i want to see our players have more confidence in what they're doing it seemed last night that our players may not have been all the way there and them not having confidence in what they were trying to do led to a lot of those negative plays you know um and that that goes back to coaching that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about being uh properly uh prepared for what we were going up against and what Michigan had to offer us. Uh, as far as Jalen Milrow goes, um, I'm not really sure what we need to see from Jalen Milrow because you can say, like everybody has alluded to, that, you know, Tommy Reese uh, called a bad game. And yeah, it wasn't his best game, but um, on the other hand, Jalen Miller was our starter for the whole season. At some point, we have to let the crimson goggles off and actually grade him as a quarterback. And last night, he was not what Nick Saban calls an Alabama quarterback. He didn't take care of the ball, and he didn't distribute it well. And in order to be a starter at the University of Alabama, those are two things that are catalysts in our offense. And I don't think that uh, – Jalen has a good grasp and 
in not having a good grasp on the offense, he doesn't have a good grasp on how to read a defense, on what even to do with the players he's got around him. And I'm not so sure that's all on Tommy Reese because at some point, I mean, he's been in the system, what, now three years? I mean, yes, this is his first year out there. I know we had a lot of firsts. Um, our O-line played abysmal, especially on the left side last night, which can never happen again, whether why it happened, it did. And it affected a lot of what Tommy Reese was trying to do because, I mean, as an offensive coordinator, if your whole entire left side of your line is getting caved in 85% of the time, you're limited on what you can do. And to even take that a little bit further, even when you do call quarterback runs, you want to, everybody wants to compare the Jalen's together. Well, Jalen Hurts didn't ever take a knee. Jalen Hurts, you were going to feel Jalen Hurts when he ran the ball as a freshman. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between the mentality of players. Yes, Jalen is a better thrower, but I think I think Hertz was the better of the football players because he had a football mindset. He knew that okay, the first down's there. I'm not going down here. I don't care if I gotta give up my body. And he was a freshman and did that. So I just think uh field aware. I think I think it's it it I'm not so sure that Unless they send him to, like, a quarterback guru like we were talking about, I'm not so sure that's something he can necessarily learn, especially at this point in his career where we play in the SEC, the level of pass rushers that he's going to have to deal with. Because, guys, I hate to say it, but now that everyone's seen that around the nation, teams are going to start doing that to him. So unless he takes that next step in his progression, we're going to need to see either Saiyan or Larnigan because those two – have something that I don't think that Jalen Milrow has yet, and that's the ability to feel pressure. I mean, we saw it all season long, and I think that Michigan just had longer to look at the tape to be like, wow, he really doesn't even recognize Blitzer's walking up on him. They don't slide the protection, and, and that too is a little bit on the offensive line, the communication. Those guys didn't talk. You see a guy coming up towards you, how many well, passed up? offensive lines you see like Landon Dickerson and them cats even the line that Jalen had they would be communicating there was no communication between Jalen and his linemen and I think that there might be a, a just a problem just with Jalen and some of his teammates because the tight ends were a no-show and I don't know what why that was I mean he, even like all season it really seemed like he never really focused on the tight ends and you can't say they weren't open because they were open most of the time him not seeing open receivers him falling in love with that deep ball him wanting to prove bill o'brien the fact that he's this quarterback i think all played into what happened last night and Ooh, one thing that he said that in his you interview that he said <laughs> keep the main thing the main thing I think that was completely lost in the scheme of what Alabama did this weekend and in turn last night. They didn't keep the main thing the main thing. And unless we get back to that, unless we get back to the just the dynamics of what actual football is, we don't need these intangibles. And I know some of us have talked about it, you know, as individuals, a running quarterback may not be what Alabama needs to be successful. I mean, We've been successful having pocket passers pretty much all the time. And I want somebody that can distribute the football. And if you're not going to distribute the football, 
then we need to get another guy in there that actually has the ability to distribute because distribute means feed everybody, get the ball to our dynamic playmakers. And no offense, that was not done all season this year. Now, some of that might be on Tommy Reese, yes. But Tommy Reese ain't out there making the decisions. Tommy Reese ain't out there in a shoulder pad and helmets making these reads, letting players just streak up the field that are wide open. Tommy Reese ain't doing that. That's Jalen Milrow, and he's not a freshman. Yes, it's his first year starting, but he's 21. been in the program. He, he's a grown man. And I'm just saying, like, and I know this is probably going to make some people mad, but I want to see something different. I'm tired of seeing these indecisive uh, decisions like – our offense looks like a deer in the headlights, and a lot of that's because our quarterback has zero awareness. Like, you, like dudes are walking up on the line, making eye contact with him, and he just looks away, and nothing's being slid to him. Now, you could say that's Tommy Reese or not, but as a quarterback, even as a football player, if you see someone in front of you walking up and staying there, and you don't make a move to slide the protection, that's your own fault. And that's happened throughout the season. I just think Michigan actually had time to sit there and map it all out and be like, okay, here's what we need to do. And it's not the fact that we didn't make adjustments. I'm not sure that we actually had a scheme to adjust that for because of the way Jalen Milrow has been so indecisive all season. What he said. Mike drop. Mike drop. Before Ty goes, would you guys say – could the the fact that we didn't have a first round talent receiver? Because remember, Blake Sims wasn't. He had Amari Cooper to lean on. Something went wrong. He had Amari Cooper. Just throw it up the coop. He's gonna make a play. Could the lack of first round talent at receiver have played a part in it? Y- y'all get what I'm saying? Because Bryce didn't even have a thousand yard receiver last year. So could 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 have been since James James and Mitchell were the last two receivers dominant Bama receivers we had. If we're being honest. I'm not saying that we don't have the talent, but I think I think part of the reason why now, I hope the is gone. I think you're I think you're absolutely right because I think it, the proof's in the pudding. Saban did what Saban did. We we didn't get separation. That's why we've lost the playoff games. We've lost is because <laughs> our wide receivers can't get separation, and that is directly back to our wide receiver coach. And he basically did with uh, Wiggins what he did with Golding. He went out and said, hey, we're going to get you, we're going to find you something else, but what you're doing at the University of Alabama ain't working out. And our receivers not getting separation was just terrible. Like, we got elite wide receivers with actual foot speed, and watching them last night just tiptoe, it's like we could we could have been carving them up like turkey dinner last night. If, you, you know, you had got a coach like, it's, it's kind of frustrating, man, because you can't say that we don't have talent in our wide receiver room. We have one of the most talented wide receiver rooms every year, and they've been underutilized. Got to get the ball to them when they're open. That, too. You got you to see them. You can't just fall in love with the deep ball, and that's, that's pretty much all we've been doing is fall in love with that seam route, that post route, that one-on-one. And that's good and everything, but there's more to football than a home run. <laughs> man, you kudos to Lucian, man. You you actually spoke it on the head. Ty, what are your thoughts? Well, 
there's no doubt that it has to continue evolving. Uh, I think everybody hit the nail on the head when it came to the creativity or lack thereof for Tommy Reese. I always go back to whenever Steve Sarkeesian was at Alabama, and the thing that stands out to me about Sark is the creativity he had. Specifically, when I think back to some of these plays that Sark would run, I mean, think about the orbit motions he would utilize with Devontae Smith, right? Sending him on these orbit motions, coming back around, really exposing what the defense was in, but then giving the quarterback an option whether he was going to go deep intermediate or he'd have a Devonte Smith coming on a orbit motion. And then the other play he would always run that fake screen where Devonte Smith would fake the block. And the second he would get right here shed and then go. And it was beautiful. We don't see that level of creativity from Tommy Reese. And in terms of Jalen Milrow, listen, there's no doubt that improvement needs to happen from Jalen Milrow, but he improved a lot from where we saw him with Bill O'Brien to where we saw him now. And I'm hoping that this offseason that improvement can continue. I think he's got a very high ceiling. But gentlemen, I think that this is a topic that should be expanded. What do we need to see from Jalen Milrow? What do we need to see from Tommy Reese? What do we need to see from Coach Eric Wolford? What do we need to see from the wide receivers? What do we need to see from the offensive line? Because this offensive line let Jalen Milrow down. The center couldn't get a snap to him when it mattered the most, and it wasn't a new problem. It just was a problem that reared its ugly heads in the worst time. So there's a lot of stuff that has got to change, and I don't think that Tommy Reese and Jalen Milrow are the end of that conversation. I think it's a far deeper, far more nuanced conversation that's going to take an offseason to address, and already you have Holloman Wiggins on his way to Texas A&M, which raises the question, who's next for Alabama at that wide receiver position? Just something super interested in seeing. Well, what do you... Uh, go, oh, what do you think the O-line needs to lose? Yeah, I've said that all year. Um, Ed, Ed Adams asked me, do I think that the O-line needs to lose weight? 100% I think the offensive line needs to lose weight. And I said this earlier on in the year. They were bigger than the average NFL offensive line. There's a reason for that, right? There's probably a reason that the NFL doesn't have an offensive line that big. It's not because they can't get guys that big. Jeremy Sanders says, speculation has it if Harbaugh leaves, then Michigan calls Brian Kelly. Now, I can't imagine Michigan calling Brian Kelly because they have Sharon Moore on staff, and he's already coached for them multiple times this season, been uber successful them multiple times this season. And Brian Kelly went from Notre Dame to LSU because he said he needed more resources, got more resources, and isn't recruiting marketedly better than LSU is. So, But hold I on, Ty. One, one second on that, man. I don't think Brian Kelly is a good fit at LSU, though. I don't. I don't think it's jihad like quite like he thought it would. I know they got Sharon Moore on on staff there, but I do think Kelly is a bigger player for that Michigan job if when Harbaugh takes the 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 Raiders job here in two weeks. I like Sharon, and I heard. I mean, I like him, but I the Kelly's name is going to be in. The he's half. going. He's going. He's going to the Chargers. He ain't Sorry, coming to the yeah, Raiders. I'm sorry. Him and Eric Bidiani. For the Chargers, man. We know how the NFL is going, so it's looking like he ain't coming to the Raiders, Patty. Don't don't, <laughs> yeah, don't put that like juju on me. Uh, <laughs> and he played with the Chargers. I I I, I know they like more, but I think Kelly will be a play up there. But we'll see, man. I I, I trust Ty's source. Ty, Ty's got the end on this kind of stuff. But 
Oh no, I, there's there's there, I listen, I'm no insider. I, I have no sources. I just read tea leaves and I just think that Sharon Moore is a great fit there. And I think if you don't hire him, you risk losing him. Right? Mm -hmm. He's a yeah. OU alum. He played for Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is in a position where they just lost their offensive coordinator, had a new offensive coordinator. But I think you you want to keep Sharon Moore as an offensive line coach. He, He's done great for them, but I don't think you're wrong, Daniel. It is something to watch right there because I don't think Brian Kelly's a great fit at LSU. I do 100% agree with you there. Lions Pride with the $2. Thank you so much. He says, what do you all think about our receivers coach leaving? I got to pass it to the resident receiver, Matt. So um, I saw this. I, I texted to the group. So, um, you know, I think this is from things I'm hearing, I think this is kind of – this sounds like a move. This has kind of been works – this kind of been in the works for a while. I don't think this just happened, you know, overnight. I think this has kind of been in the works for the for a while, and it was gonna happen after the season. And we lost to Michigan, so the season is over with. So I think that's why it moved so quickly. And I think Saban already has, you know, his coach who's gonna bring in kind of already in his mind. Um, <clears throat> so. Um, I know, Ty, you mentioned some names, uh, guys at UNLV. Um, you mentioned some other guys. Um, I know a lot of people were, I tweeted about T.O. Um, possibilities. Me? So. Oh. <laughs> he's always, he's always, oh. <laughs> he's always in Tuscaloosa, so those are my two. Cents. That's who I want. I give it up to Chris and the rest of the family. No, I'm with you, bro. T.O., man, this, like, that guy brings so much fire. He, he's passionate. He's the workaholic. You know, He'll let you know who your quarterback is. You, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's my quarterback. Man. That's my quarterback. <laughs> Did you just fall? No, my phone. <laughs> Off his rocker, y'all. <laughs> hey, but but T.O., but Ty, Ty had something interesting. Ty, Ty, tell him what you told us earlier. Uh, In regards to – the receiver, what, what do you think, who you would Oh, love? no, I, if, if there's any way to get Rashad samples, I would be so happy. Ties to the DFW area, currently over there with Arizona State. He, Brian Carrington, another one with ties to Texas, going out there with Kenny Dillingham. And the reason why samples is a name to watch, his father coaches Duncanville. The Duncanville. In DFW, a hop, skip, and a jump from me. That name in DFW is alone to shut it down here. And DFW, guys, I, I, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I could throw a, a rock and hit a five-star here. like, And I can't throw particularly far. But I, I could hit several five-stars. You said Duncanville. I thought you were talking about south of Tuscaloosa. Oh, no, I'm talking about Duncanville, Duncanville here in Dallas, Texas. Duncanville. Like Duncanville. Yeah, that would be. No, man, that, that area is amazing. talent. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was I mean, another name you said, Ty? It'd be a stretch. Brennan Marion. It'd be a massive stretch because he's already calling plays out there for UNLV. But let's be honest, guys, Alabama, <clears throat> that's an incredible thing to put on your resume. Brennan Marion won to know because of the go-go offense. Like I said, I don't think that's likely. 
I think it would be a massive stretch, but it would be a massive win. He was a former wide receiver coach at Pittsburgh when they had Jordan Addison, and that wide receiver room was bumping. And like I said, he has his own offense, the go-go offense. Check it out. It's fantastic. It's fascinating. Those would be two major hires. I think both of them would be uphill hires. I don't know how likely they are, but when I saw this, that was instantly my wish list. So just something to think about. Well, I'll tell y'all... Tell y'all, oh, tell y'all else something to think about. We've reached that part of the show. Mm. Mm. We've reached that part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, mm. where we say our our closing words, <laughs> our closing thoughts. Oof. And I'll just uh, I'll start with Daniel, and we'll go around the table. Mm. <laughs> Closing thoughts, man. It's always a pleasure to be with you guys. It's been a great season. I know it didn't end the way we wanted it to in Alabama, but like I started the show with, that's the great thing about wearing crimson. We turn the page. We It's not over. We're, we're going to take the next step. We're going to rebuild. We're going to fix things, and we're going to be in the mix next year when this playoff – When I mean, next season – I mean, how do you not be excited with the playoffs coming? So, uh, man, is what it is. Michigan took the fight. They, you know, got to give them credit. They punched us in the mouth, and and we weren't able to to respond. Um, see what they do against Washington. But um, looking forward to the off season to see what Bama brings in. If Evan Stewart maybe maybe hops on and adds to that wide receiver room, maybe still um, Lance Hurd uh, just jumped in the portal, the big five star offensive tackle from LSU. He's a big one that that's going to be on Bama's radar. So I got a few guys in recruiting Daniel Hill to be running back at a Meridian. So some more exciting stuff coming on. So that's. Still pumped, man. It's not over yet. But, uh, man, again, thankful to be with you guys. I'm Daniel Petty, weekzerosports.com. Check us out. We've got a podcast. Um, me and my, my my co-host, who is the owner of Workspace Solutions, and that's the sponsor of the show, workspacepros.com. Check us out. We help your business grow. Um, online marketing, web design, SEO, we do it all for you. Check us out. And uh, am I supposed to? Are we fans only in it? Is this how we, we work? Yes. Oh boy, I gave Harbaugh a lot of heat the last few weeks. I guess I got I guess I gotta turn it around. My fans only account this week is I should have used the KY jelly because the backside's still bleeding. Oh woo! Promo uh, <laughs> code. <laughs> they went in dry. Um man, catch us next week. The offseason's here. Congratulations, Michigan. We're eating our damn crow. Damn it. Oh my gosh. That- <laughs> Sorry, yeah, y'all up that. <laughs> Nobody. Daniel Petty, general manager of uh, Final <laughs> Whistle here. Uh, uh, please report to the HR office uh, after this show. Thank you. Dang. Man, that was my Penn State jokes. <sighs> oh, no. Luke, John. <laughs> no, no. Don't go there. <laughs> oh, Luke, man. John, I'm going to pass it to you. Uh, Chris, as far as your shirt, I don't finish anything. That's a lie. You had 12 kids. Clearly, you finish things. <laughs> oh, wow. Great show, guys. I love it. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Roluce21. Uh, Lucian Graves on Facebook and uh, Twitter. Um, you know, it's going to be uh, very fun uh, watching what happens with this offseason, you know, uh, Watching Bama hit another factory reset is always a great time, you know. I know we didn't get the result that we wanted, but as everybody alluded to, it's all still roll tight here, and it's always going to be that. Uh, for the offseason, um, 
I think I'm going to do a little bit of traveling uh, and some sightseeing. Uh, I'm also going to have a, my own show in the works here. We're getting ready to put the finishing touches on that. It's going to be on Thursday night, so everybody tune in and check it out. Let's go. Uh, but um, in, in my off time, I've uh, I've been in nature a lot. I've been doing a lot of uh, meditation, been uh, been getting really one with nature. So um, from now on, you can find me on uh, OnlyFans, uh, the real one outdoors promo code, the one. I loved it. The one, the only. Chris James, on to you. What's up, y'all? Um, you can find me on Facebook. This one I'm active arguing with Florida State, Georgia, LSU, Tennessee, Auburn, <laughs> the fans, Ohio State. <laughs> they coming at me, man. So they coming at all of us. Just, just to tell you. <laughs> so, but I love them. Those are those are my friends. Um, I gave them slack, so they're giving it back. But you can find me on Facebook at Chris K. James Sr. On X or Twitter, formerly known as Twitter, at Coach Chris James. On Instagram, at I think I changed my name on there. I think it's at (laughs) Coach Chris James. I don't know. I don't remember on Instagram, but I I don't do nothing. But um, I'm I'm hardly on there. But you can find me on there. You want to find me? Find me on Facebook. You know, I'm I'm getting active in 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 my X on on Twitter. So, um, and like I say, every Tuesday nights, man. Right here, same same place, same time. As Dan says, same back back time, same back channel. Yep. Let the go down. <laughs> and and, and while we edit, make sure you tune in to CC show and George T show tomorrow night. Um, yeah. is it seven? The CC show starts at seven and T is seven Eastern, six Central. That's right. Yeah. And her star co-host She's is gonna have a, the, the most handsome guest she's ever had on the show. What I'm hearing. Oh, I wasn't told, Dan James, I, wasn't told uh, I was going to be on there. No, I, I was on there last week. Dan James, <laughs> you just interrupted me for the second time tonight. You're on suspension. Then it's paid to me, Justin. And you're fired. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you get fired on his day off. Well, before he's fired for good, I, I got to let him say his final piece. Dan, to you. Yes. Well, since I'm fired, and another thing. No. <laughs> Listen, y'all, y'all can catch me on Twitter, X, whatever you call it now, you young people, uh, at the Final Whistle Dan. You know, you catch me here every Tuesday night. Same bat time, same bat channel. Y'all hit that like and subscribe button. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you guys in the chat, keeping being engaged and everything. You know, tune in to uh, CC's show tomorrow. Uh 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and uh, T's tape. You know, that's a very good – I'm th- pretty sure he's going to have a very good breakdown of the game so we, you know, can go through that agony again, you know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I enjoy y'all. But please hit that like and subscribe, you know. Uh, we appreciate any kind of feedback, you know. Leave your comments and everything. Thank you. And, and uh, my, my take on the uh, next – Receiver coach, I think we should get somebody like a more grizzled veteran, somebody that knows the Bama standard, you know. So I'm gonna nominate the legendary Matt Cadell. Oh, Coach Saban, I accept. Appreciate it. <laughs> I yeah. you know well, since since you nominated, this got to be my only, my last OnlyFans because I got to go recruit Ryan Williams real quick. So 
Um, <laughs> you know, hit me up. Uh, I'm going to be the new wide receivers coach, working with Saban, bringing those guys in. No, seriously. You know, hit me up. MCadel11, you follow me, Bama Standard, with these guys. Um, Facebook, I'm not really on, so it is what it is. I got football university. I haven't, we'll be back on Monday, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's about the final whistle. And in the spirit of Alabama's football season, ending and how bad we look versus Michigan. My promo code this week is just like Bama snaps were low. My promo code is go low. And that's it. <laughs> it were low indeed. Guys, you can find me at Around the Table Sports, constant college football content. The Bleacher Report content is done with the season. We brought home the trophy Got the most games correct. Unfortunately, didn't get the playoff game correct. It uh, is what it is. But, gentlemen, I'm going to go in a different approach this weekend with my OnlyFans. And it's going to surprise some people because I saw something this past weekend that I just can't compete with. And y'all know, I, hey, I can compete with the best of them over there. But, <laughs> gentlemen, that Orange Bowl was so down dirty, so disgusting, <laughs> so dastardly, so devout of human empathy or human good. It was just downright depressing. They turned the Seminoles into the Seminoles, and I just don't know if I can ever top that. So I just encourage you all to go watch that slaughtering again for my OnlyFans content because I got to – I got to hit the drawing board again. I didn't think something that dirty would hit the internet for quite some time. So now I need to really, really recenter, think about myself and how best to move forward so that I can recapture the limelight over there. But it's going to take a while. Help, man. Y'all need help. No, it's FSU needs help. You don't come with me saying I need help. They, and they need help. Hey, they need, they need hey, something. One quick there. thing, fellas. Go around the table right quick before we go. Give me your. Championship winner, Washington, Michigan. Who do you like? I'm going Washington. I'm going. I think Penis going to pull it off, man. I have no idea, man. I can't. I, 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 I keep doubting Washington, and they keep winning. Yeah, I'm every not time I pick them against no them. It's hard, but man, you know, maybe Michigan is that team of destiny. They seem dude. pissed off, man. If they, you know, dude, Washington held up against Texas D line last night, and. Mm. I don't, they did. Michigan, I don't think Michigan can cover those receivers. I really don't. I didn't get I to finish the, uh, the Washington-Texas game just because I was traveling all day yesterday and I fell asleep on my couch, woke up at about 4 o'clock this morning Insane. and started re-watching the Bama game. So I, I'm, I don't have an answer for you yet because I haven't seen it. But based on Michigan's defense, my goodness, that defense was very impressive. But very excited to completely dive into the Texas-Washington game. Lushon? I, I'm, I don't <laughs> like blue, so it's got to be Washington. I'm not. I'm not a real big fan of Huskies either, but it. No, I mean it's just. I hope it's a tie. That's a shade of blue. Dan and Dan and Petty. Dan and Petty. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Go for it, Dan. Mine's four and a half. Michigan favorite, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to go with history. You know, the the road to the championship tends to go through Tuscaloosa, and uh, Michigan just carved a highway through it. 
you know, so I'm gonna just have to go with Michigan. But what does that what does that say about what does that say about the nation and the aspect of the attitude of our nation right now? If a cheater is at the top of college football, that's that's not good. I'm that's America, that. baby. Hey, that's you. That's America. That's, 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 <laughs> that's American <laughs> dream. That's, 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 that's gonna be that's gonna be legal. You know, the sign sign stealing is not illegal. How they did it was. No, but, yeah, but, that, yeah, but they got a regulator. They got other stuff going on. They that's, fired that's, like that's six coaches. They we, fired like six coaches for doing some weird stuff. So it's not just it's not just the sign stealing. They got all they got the FBI at their campus. You gonna tell me that's an example you want set for college football? Well, hey, you know, I'm gonna do college football. Go, this is go. for all this is for all our Michigan fans in the chat. They've they've been following us for the last few weeks and they even came to watch us eat crow today. So I guess <laughs> I guess since we don't have any Washington fans in here, I'll give it to you, damn Wolverines. I think I think Michigan's defense. Thank you, Michigan fan, for showing us love then. Thank yeah, you, Michigan fans. We eat our crow. I eat that crow. Go bring me that crow. But I don't know, man. It's hard. Penix is a winner. I, mean, I, like, I, I, I don't know how they not give that kid. Let's talk about robbery. That kid should be the Heisman winner. How the hell yeah. did he not win the Heisman? No. No. Gentlemen, we will get down a rabbit hole. Yeah, rabbit hole. There sorry. is no return right. from. <laughs> sorry. Until next week, this is the final whistle, and we'll see you next time. See you guys. Roll time. Roll time. Roll time. Roll time.